Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Welcome to Kainenbaum Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. A compilation of devotional resources and music by those who support the teaching of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, The Wells. My name is Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Glad to be serving as your host for this episode. This is episode number 149. We'll begin with a peace devotion, a heart of wisdom. In the late 1400s, there was a chapel painting commissioned for the Sistine Chapel in Rome in the Vatican. And Michelangelo put together the plan for what we think of today as the the great ceiling painting of that chapel. And he had to build special scaffolding and crawl up there and paint, sometimes even on his back, as he worked on the, the plan and the pattern of the painting. Prior to this, he had worked out what's called a cartoon of the fresco. And that means he would lay out sort of a design of exactly what he was going to do. So he knew exactly how far he was going to go and where he was going to paint. And often artists will do that when they lay out a very large mural to make sure that they know exactly where they're going and what they're doing. Imagine if your life for just a moment was like a large mural with all the different details and facts and things laid out for you. Imagine that you looked at your life as if a plan of all the things that were coming ahead of you. This is exactly what Moses is describing when he talks about our lives in Psalm 90. He says in Psalm 90, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it's past, and as a watch in the night. You sweep men away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and is withered. Now what he's describing here is the large picture of our lives. So often we can get so caught up in little details of what we're doing in our day-to-day lives that it's hard for us to remember to keep in mind where this is all going and what the real purpose of our life is all about. And so just like Michelangelo, even though he was up close painting in the ceiling, he frequently had to come back down to the floor level and look back up at what he was doing to make sure he was following the plan for the overall mural that he was painting. And God would have that uh, be the way that you and I approach our lives as well. That we come down from the scaffolding and look at the larger picture of what's going on in our life. And remember that this life will come to an end at some day. Moses goes on to say in verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And what he's talking about there is having a knowledge of Christ as our Savior. That's the real wisdom that we need to understand how to get past death and how to ultimately have life everlasting in heaven which our Savior came into the world to give to each one of us through faith in Him. And so Moses is here describing the the whole large picture, the grand picture of your life. And God wants us to keep in mind uh, exactly where we're going 
because of what his word tells us and how our Lord Jesus has come into this world to pay for our sins and to give us everlasting life. And by faith in him, we have the wisdom that Moses is talking about when he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. May God give us the wisdom to come down from the scaffolding of our lives and not just focus on the little details here and there, but understand the large, great plan which he has for us in all the wonderful days of our lives. Amen. You can visit peacedevotions.com to find more devotions like these. Here's a song by the Luther and Cayley Orchestra. My love, my treasure
smells of roasting lamb would have filled the air. The family would have tasted the bitter herbs and feasted on the meat. The lamb's blood would have been painted overhead, staining the doorpost. As darkness came over them that night, they knew death would soon be in the air. The first Passover celebration had to have been an intense experience for all the senses. Along with these sensory experiences, God gave his direction for the Passover. Thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded. And there I'm quoting from the King James Version. Many translations correctly render this expression with some equivalent expression that means be ready for travel. Quite simply, the words mean with your belt fastened. That's what the ESV uses. Their long garments were to be lifted and fastened so they could be ready for action. Along with all the things that were on their minds that evening, darkness, bloodshed, bitterness, removal of sin, was also the pending deliverance by God. All their enemies would be defeated. All the firstborn sons of Egypt would die. The Israelites believed God's promise that they were going to leave slavery behind. They were going to a beautiful land that would belong to them. Their eyes were going their enemies were going to be forever gone. This was all going to begin that very night. Can you imagine the anticipation and excitement they had at sundown? It would have been a hundred times greater than the excitement a small child experiences at Christmas. God is coming to deliver us. That's why he instructs them, Gird your loins. Exodus 12:11. He instructed them to be ready for this. Fifteen centuries later, the Passover lamb to end all darkness had his blood smeared on a beam of wood. Darkness came over the land, and God's one and only Son died. Sin was put away, and they were spared. By that lamb's willing sacrifice, they were set free from slavery, sin, and the power of death, and the devil's power. Jesus, the holy and perfect lamb, died to set his people free. The Israelites believed God's promise that they were going to leave slavery behind that very night. Like them, we also believe that today is the day we leave slavery behind. Live as if every day is the first day of your freedom from sin and the last day on this earth before he comes to bring you out of it. Peter writes in his letter to the prophet that the prophets testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Jesus has fulfilled the promises of God and will return again to bring his final judgment and deliverance. That's why Peter echoes the very same words which we read in the Greek Septuagint, the Old Testament Greek translation of the Hebrew. He says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That's 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Just as the people of the Exodus were ready for God's coming, so should we be today. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, deliverance is coming soon. Right now we are reminded of the bitterness of sin. Right now we stand under the blood of the cross as the Lord passes over us in mercy. Right now we walk by faith in a dark world. But he's coming soon. Deliverance will soon be complete. Just as the people of the Exodus were ready for God's coming, so should we be today. We make our minds ready for it as we hold to God's promise in faith, turn daily from sin to God's mercy, and live ready to follow him in joy and freedom.
gird up the loins of your mind, and look forward to his coming. We read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Up next, a devotion on 1 Peter, written by Pastor Mark Falk. Read for you today by Pastor Peter Hagen. 1 Peter 4, verses 7-10 through 10. The end is near, keep a clear head. The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Before we start today, there is something we should note. The word end in this section means more than the opposite at the beginning. It has within it a strong sense of the goal. At this time of the year, your favorite football team, pro, college, or high school, is beginning. But each has an end in sight. Some note that a championship is not a reasonable end, but in the NFL, it really does seem that a team can go from 4-12 and to Super Bowl in a single year. That is the end, the Super Bowl, the goal. Find that, keep that concept in mind when you think of the end in First Peter. This is often the case with this word. God has an end in sight, a goal. For Christians, that goal and end is an eternity of joy in heaven, purchased in one with blood, his blood. But Satan has a different end in mind. Hell will be no party in low places, but in all his eternal pains, Satan must think he will gain some comfort if he can have you join him in the suffering. In light of all this, the differing goals, or ends, of God and Satan, we must stay clear-headed. The old way of saying this was sober-minded, This was never really about not drinking alcohol or not living in the fog of drugs. But certainly, the party life does not lend itself to keeping our eyes on Christ. But then again, neither does an obsessive life seeking wealth or a complete absorption in hunting or fishing or sports. Anything or anyone that draws our attention away from the end, which is gaining heaven and enjoying a life that we can only imagine and having that life forever, that end, that goal, anyone or anything that draws our attention away from that end makes us less than clear-headed or sober-minded. NFL teams go to training camps and sequester their teams to keep them away from distractions that will keep them from the goal. On road trips during the season, they stay together in hotels, no wives, no girlfriends, they eat dinner together, the goal, the end, is always held before them. And the purpose of this focus for the Christian this focus on the life that Christ has given to us, so that you can pray. As Lutherans, we rightly emphasize the place where God gives to us through his word, his grace. Preaching and the sacraments involve his word and promise. The words of absolution on Sunday are his word of forgiveness. This is the most important part of our conversation with God. But Martin Luther spoke of praying for two hours in a day. 
reading between the lines, I suspect this two hours would be a conversation between God and Luther. Read the word, respond in prayer. Read the word, respond in prayer. I'm not eager to mandate the form of your prayer life. Luther's model is wonderful, but if your prayers rise in short bursts of petition and praise at your desk as you diaper your babies or return home from work, that is fine. Just remember that fervent prayer is likely more distracting than texting. Perhaps it is best done in the private of your closet, as they used to say. Only this. Remember to have this two-way conversation with the God who wants to talk to you and hear from you. Your sinful flesh will always distract you and suggest that there are more important things to do, but the end is near. The end, the goal, is heaven. God has purchased you and won you for that goal. Christ came with that goal, that end in sight. Your blessed end. So let us stay clear-minded. We'll close with a song by the Lutheran Cayley Orchestra, O Holy Night.
You have been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast. This episode was first shared in December of 2019. For more information on the artist and music featured in this podcast, visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com, where you can also find more of our messages. We encourage you to visit a Wells Ministry location nearest you. To find one, visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us, and remember his promised rest.